So many of our favorites to watch. Oh look, now they're being bashed. I guess that's what we should expect on the Bullied Nostalgia Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Bullied Nostalgia. Oh my goodness, I said that weird. Welcome to the... <laughs> Welcome to the Bully Nostalgia Podcast. I'm Timothy Nesbitt. I'm joined by Chance Nesbitt. That's me. Kylan Nesbitt. Hello. And remotely, we're joined by Jonathan Nesbitt. Hi, my name's John. I own blankets, pencil cases, <laughs> and ceiling fans. What are you talking about? <laughs> He's referencing all the things in our room right now. No, it is Wait, <laughs> I don't know anymore. You're not alone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Am I on top of the fridge? <laughs> I, I don't see a pencil case. So, Kylan and I were talking about this podcast the other day, and, and now I always start with some semblance of control, and then things go off the rail in the back half. I guess today we're not even pretending. <laughs> so we're gathered together today to talk about a movie that is near and dear to John and my heart, and that is James Bond, Golden Eye. <laughs> I'm sure this will go great on the recording. <laughs> Tim, you can keep talking. I'm the oh, oh, you're the background music. Yeah, sorry. So we're doing Goldeneye today. Uh, Pierce Brosnan's first James Bond movie. And probably not coincidentally, it also impacted a lot of people's childhoods in our age group because it had a video game that went alongside it. We had a plan for what this episode was going to be. Then Kylan discovered the GoldenEye video game. He started playing the story, which was just a couple block figures putting text on the screen. And I said... This is not how I want you to experience this story. <laughs> For background information, Kylan has never seen 90% of the Star Wars movies, but he whoa, has played whoa, all whoa. of the Lego Star hey, Wars hey. games. Whoa, 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 okay. whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I have watched all of them, maybe in post and maybe not the prequels. Okay? So Doesn't count. percent of them. Okay, yeah. Wait, yeah, yeah. what? You're... Except for also the last one. Um, <laughs> wait, and maybe wait, no. the third one. I'm not sure. Okay, so, okay, uh, so sorry. We've recognized you've seen three movies. <laughs> no, of four. The nine. four? So. We've referenced this back in the Batman episode that most of Kai's consumption and understanding of media is filtered through the Lego video games. <laughs> <laughs> Everything that he knows about most media is if it's been Lego-fied. If and, not, I doesn't recognize it. It's, it's and there's existence. certainly a similarity to this video game. It's not a Lego video game, but it was made when 3D graphics were just taking off. And so everyone looks like a block figure. Anyways, I decided to watch it with the boys. And then I had this realization 
that maybe I would hit up John and see if he was interested in watching it because this definitely fits within our bullied nostalgia umbrella. Before we get into the summary, I skipped some stuff on the intro. Bullied Nostalgia is a podcast where John and I review things that we loved from our childhood and Chance and Kylan experience them often for the first time and they make fun of them or tear them apart or sometimes compliment them, heaven forbid. We did not expect this podcast to be as popular as it was, so we just started recording it for fun, but our audience has certainly grown, so as of recording this episode, you can now find us on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, or Audible, so if you know someone who would like to listen but is on a different platform, at this point we're hitting most of them. So just let us know if there's someplace else we should be. So this is what it feels like to be on the other side of a shameless plug. For ourselves. <laughs> yeah. That's I just it. That to feels say, weird. Uh, mom, if you're listening, hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We didn't expect our mom to be listening to this podcast. <laughs> she is. It's really taken off. No, there's no way mom is listening. <laughs> <laughs> she is very disappointed. <laughs> she won't say it. It's fine. <laughs> All right, back to it. Chance, tell us, what is Goldeneye about? So, first and foremost, 007, who is James Bond, and his partner, 006... Alec Trevelyan. Right, Trevelyan, that's his name. They go to blow up a Russian base. James is able to do it successfully, but Alex is killed, and the entire base goes up in an explosion. Then, a Russian general steals a satellite, which essentially shoots a giant EMP at some place around the world. The general then destroys the base, killing all the people in it, except for two Russian scientists. Boris. Boris, who he hires, and a woman who survives the whole incursion. Natalia Sumnyova. Yeah. James is chasing after the general, slash trying to keep Natalia alive, while they find whoever is running the whole organization that stole the giant satellite of death, which is named Goldeneye. And their code name is Yanis. Mm. James goes on a bunch of hijinks, he gets thrown in prison once, he heists a train with Natalia on it, drives a tank at one point, which is awesome. And then it's revealed that Yanis is actually Trevelyan, his old partner. Essentially, his parents were defectors from the Soviet Union. They didn't want to be a part of it, but the British government wouldn't let them immigrate, so they got murdered instead, and Trevelyan kept a grudge from that. So he wanted the UK to pay, essentially. That's a pretty deep description. Yeah, this is a John description of a movie over here. <laughs> um, then... Thank you. Whoa! <laughs> then James and Natalia go to Trevelyan's hideout, which is in the Caribbean. They blow up the satellite, Trevelyan dies, James Bond saves the day and he gets the girl. I have to say, very good summary chance. My only beef is that out of the six main characters in the movie... You didn't mention... Xenia? Xenia. Oh my goodness. Kate, Xenia is just crazy. 100%. It is played by Femke Jensen, who is pretty awesome. I don't know of any role that she did before that, but she certainly became pretty famous afterwards. 
She was in movies like X-Men 1, 2, 3, <laughs> or more. Wolverine. She's, I think she's in the Wolverine movie, right, John? She is Liam Neeson's wife in the Taken movies. Mm. I was going to say she's in Faculty, the... Oh my goodness. The teenage horror movie where all of the kids at a school find out that their teachers are possessed. Oh, no spoilers, no spoilers. That movie's so good. <laughs> That's not spoiling okay, it's anything. It's not limited for me because I've seen it, but I just don't want everyone like, oh, it's just such a good movie. Such a good movie, he says. It has Usher in it. Ooh. And Elijah Wood. in it, like as an actor? Yeah. Oh no. I, I think the boys are excited to see this one. No. <laughs> it's got Josh Hartnett. Yeah. Okay, back on GoldenEye. We went way off track. We did. So. Can we not forget she's also an I Spy with Eddie Murphy and Owen Wilson? That is true. That is a great movie. That movie shouldn't have been as good as it was. Literally, they asked Owen Wilson to be in it, and he went on set, and he was like, there aren't any jokes in this. And so on the fly, he added all the jokes in that movie. And there's a lot of very funny ones. Do you have her IMDb pulled up or something? Or you're just remembering these off the top of your head? I do not have IMDb pulled up. Okay. Yeah, she's great. And she's done a really good job in her career. And I can't think of a movie where I disliked her. I mean, X-Men 3 is an abomination. But that's not her fault. <laughs> also, very side side note, but talking X Men movies, Boris in GoldenEye is actually Nightcrawler, and Samson Jenskin is Jean Grey, so it's a reunion. Yeah, yeah. He's also in Spy Kids, but. <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't in that movie. <laughs> Let's talk about this movie, bro. Right, shall we? so GoldenEye. Can I just. Okay, hold on. Oh, no. <laughs> so, Back to the IMDb so, page. I like to say that you're gonna get a lot more John today because John, when he's sitting at the table with three other people, gets like a little bit shy. But now that I'm over the phone, I, I'm finding all this confidence. Okay. Next time John's actually here, we're just gonna lock him in the bathroom. And record from <laughs> Talk there. to him on the phone through the wall. Anyways. Just to, like, not stop talking about Famke Jensen. Sorry, Tim, I just sort of went on a deep dive learning about Goldeneye. Sort of stole some of your thunder. You did but, some research. Uh, I did. Oh, I wow. did. Okay. And I was looking at the Geek Den website. I don't know how reputable it is. But out of all the Bond movies, they ranked the top villains. And Famke Jensen and Sean Bean ranked third best villains in all of the Bond movies, so... Wow. Anyways, let's not forget her character. So, spoiler alert. Probably not a spoiler because most of the time James Bond villains die. But Alec Trevelyan is played by Sean Bean, who I consider one of the greatest actors of our generation. And I have a long-standing theory. And that's that if you can get Sean Bean in your movie and he dies... It is a very good movie. If he lives through to the end of your movie, then you get pixels. <laughs> did he survive in Jupiter Ascending? He sure did. Yeah, that explains it. <laughs> <laughs> if you're writing a part for Sean Bean, I, I think you've got to be in that headspace where you're like, i got to kill this guy if I want my movie to be good. 
I don't know why people are writing him in movies where he doesn't die. And that's why in Goldeneye, which is considerably a good movie, he dies twice. (laughs) (laughs) Twice is good. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I guess before we get into details, did people enjoy this experience? I thought it was good. I was really surprised on how well the special effects were set up. A lot of the things were good looking. I am actually a sucker for a good spy movie, so getting to watch one of the old classics was nice. I rather enjoyed it. Yeah, this is still the best Bond movie in my mind. Still an incredible movie, and I will be rewatching this movie for the rest of my life, even though I'm not a movie rewatcher, so. Wow. He's not going to stop watching it. He's watching it right now. <laughs> <on loop. laughs> when was the last time you watched this movie? I honestly couldn't tell you. It's probably been a decade. Okay. So when you say you're going to rewatch this movie, do you decade. mean you're going to watch it again in 10 years or sooner than that? No, probably 10 years. Okay. But I've got a number of decades before I'm gone from this earth. <laughs> okay. Already planning <laughs> your exit, eh? Yeah. I'm 33 now. <laughs> Let's say I How many more times do I get to watch nine, this three. movie? <laughs> John, be on his deathbed. Quick, quick, 007, I need to... <laughs> I need to live two more years so I can get one more rewatch in. Okay, so James Bond hadn't had a movie in a while when this came out. The last Bond before this was Timothy Dalton. He did a movie, License to Kill, back in the 80s. They tried to get him to come back. He said he'd come back for one more. They said, no, we want you for a bunch more. And he said, well, then I'm out. So then they went back to Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan had actually auditioned to be Bond in the 80s. But at the time, he had a TV show called Remington Steel, and he couldn't get out of his contract. So they went back to him a decade later, and, I mean, what a great Bond. He just really fits the role. I, too, have almost no complaints about this movie. I think it is very solid. There's some things that require you to really suspend your disbelief. But overall, it's pretty good. John, when we sit down and watch stuff together, or even when we don't, one of the things that you really like to talk about is soundtracks. We haven't really gotten into that in this podcast, but you're very vocal about the music that normally comes with a movie. What was your feeling of the music in this movie? Honestly, I wasn't really paying attention on this one. I think I was caught up in what was happening on the screen. I wasn't so much listening to the soundtrack. I mean, honestly, I had this experience with the GoldenEye movie where it's this weird double nostalgia where I am in the facility where he breaks into the bathroom. But I'm not only re-experiencing the movie, I'm re-experiencing the video game where I broke into the bathroom probably more than 50 times as a block character. (laughs) John, I feel you. (laughs) Yeah, Kai and I were pointing out the staircases and the door placement and everything. Yeah, it's interesting because it's like, Pierce Brosnan is walking down the staircase. It's like, I've walked down that staircase way more than he has. (laughs) (laughs) He only did it once. I should be in this movie. (laughs) 
but I, I think the music, it always feels like a warm blanket, something I'm familiar with. So when we were watching the movie, I was enjoying myself. And we get to the car scene where James Bond is being evaluated and he's racing with Xenia in her Ferrari. And there's some crazy funky beats going on. There is. It's very strange. It's distracting. It's so dated. It's really bad. And I found out some stuff about that in my research. Their budget for soundtrack was extremely small. It was pretty much, this is what you got, use it. And so when they went to film Chance's favorite scene in the movie, which is the the tank. tank scene, for those who are listening... There's one part where the bad guys are getting away with Natalia and they put her in a little car and they're escaping. And the only way James Bond can catch up with them is to steal a tank. It's so over the top. It's an awesome scene. They're essentially driving down the road and then he bursts through the wall with this big tank. And when he bursts through that wall, you get the ba 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 da ba da ba And that was not, I guess, what was supposed to happen. It was more of these funky beats, more synth. But the sound of the demolition and all of the debris was in the same tone as the music. Oh, so it got lost. So, yeah, all the music was lost in his destruction. And so he went to the composer and he said, I need you to write me something different. And the guy's like... No. <laughs> so don't wanna. he said, at least give me the triumphant trumpets of the Bond theme. And he's like, no, this is what you paid for. So he goes to the composer's assistant and gives him homework over the weekend. So all the music from that scene is an unpaid intern's <laughs> contribution and easily the best music in the whole movie, which is nuts. And that's the stuff that you would hear then in the video game that you would respond so well to, John. Yeah. John is talking a little bit about the video game. Is there anything that people want to talk about the video game? It's an hour and a half movie stretched out into like 28 levels. It's funny that we made the comparison that the game is like a Lego game, so it's something that Kai can consume. There's one scene in GoldenEye where Q is showing Bond the gadgets that he can use. And so in the background, there's all these things, you know, a phone booth with an ejector seat or something and blow torches and an exploding pen. And then Bond looks down and he sees what looks like a sandwich and he picks it up and Q says, don't touch that. That's my lunch. And Kylan literally said, that feels like that came right out of a Lego game. (laughs) Right now, the conversation about AI is super relevant. Mm -hmm. It's in the media everywhere. But Kai is like an AI that's only been given Lego content to learn from. And so then he's trying to understand what the world is without Lego bricks there. 
The Q was played by Desmond Llewellyn. He played that character all the way to his death. So he was Q for 50 years. I actually really enjoyed him in this movie. He was a lot of fun. Mm, he's quite good. A uh, character I did not expect to like so much was the American. Yeah, was... You do have IMDb pulled up. Now I do, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he... I actually very much enjoyed him as a character. I liked how he contrasted James. Because that's the difference between spies in America versus England. England spies are very proper, put everything together very nicely, get the job done quietly. And then American spies are Rambo. We all know why we're watching this movie. And that is because Judy Dench is in it. And we're following the breadcrumbs that were left to us from her narration in Dougal. We're trying to figure out what mistake she made to get me <laughs> How did she get from <laughs> GoldenEye to Dougal? <laughs> are we only reviewing movies that are somehow tied back to Dougal? <laughs> Obviously. Going back to Chance's comment about British spies being prim and proper, James Bond is just so stoic. And I guess that's pretty common with action heroes, is that they're pretty one-dimensional. Yeah, no, that's fair. The memorable characters, like you said, Xenia on a top is crazy. And Alec Trevelyan has that weird sense of his own twisted honor. Even with the General Ermoth and then Boris, it's not just the two villains. I think all four villains are kind of a cool combo. My favorite scene with Ermoth is when he goes before the defense minister, Mishkin, and he's there to tender his resignation. And he says, oh, these terrorists, they did it all. And My you, life's work is nothing now. Yeah, you, you set me up for failure. It's time that I walked away from this. And then Michigan's like, well, what are the two survivors? And he's like, two survivors? I'll look into that. <laughs> he's just like, obviously <laughs> busted. <laughs> I untender my resignation. <laughs> Possibly my favorite character in this movie is Boris. I'm invincible! There's a scene at the end of the movie, he gets a hold of James Bond's exploding pen. Which, when you click it in three times, after three seconds, it'll explode like a grenade. And the scene is so chaotic because he's eccentric and he... Could use a fidget spinner. Yeah, he could. <laughs> he's extremely anxious. So the entire time, he's with his left hand typing the entire code, with his right hand flipping the pen around, clicking it in every two seconds just because he's so paranoid. It's such a strange scene with so much tension behind it, and then it just ends with an explosion. There's so many famous actors in this movie, a lot of them before they became famous, but everybody is all in on their characters. This was the um, first James Bond movie that was not based on a book by Ian Fleming. Oh. All of the rights were tied up in messy legal disputes. I mean, I guess that makes sense in retrospect. Ian Fleming wouldn't know what an EMP was 50 years earlier. <laughs> and this is something I was just thinking about earlier when John mentioned the one-dimensionalness of James Bond. The point of where he is in the movie, the things you know about him, he's a womanizer, he's a stoic, but like, when you think about it like that, he's probably killed thousands of people over his career. 
he's never had a relationship that lasted more than a couple weeks. When you put it that way, it's kind of like the same way you look at Batman. At face value, Batman is a superhero who can do whatever he wants. But in reality, it's a mask on a very, very broken man. So with James Bond, it's that same thing that it's all these good qualities that are placed over top of somebody who is probably deeply traumatized. So the writer of this movie actually came back to write one more Bond movie years later, and he took a swing at that same concept. Is He said, when I wrote Goldeneye, I wrote Pierce Brosnan's character to be very cold and distanced. And so he said, I'm going to write a story about how you get to that point. And so the same writer who did this, actually the only other Bond movie they wrote was Casino Royale. Mm. And if people have seen Casino Royale, there's no Lego video game for it. Sorry, no! Kai. <laughs> it's essentially a telling of James Bond long before this. And the first person he kills is in that movie, that he has to kill someone to get his double O status. And then he falls in love with the girl, and he's with her for a very long time, and that ends in tragedy. And so then he has to put walls up around his heart so he never lets anyone in ever again. Becomes a psychopath. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have a friend who invited me to watch John Wick 4. I had never seen... A John Wick movie. So, in the span of a week, I watched Get Caught Up for this movie in the theaters. John Wick also experiences some tragedy and is somewhat stoic. But all I've got to say, after watching four John Wick movies and the action in those movies compared to this James Bond action movie, you wish that Pierce Brosnan had more horses to slap in the butt and make them kick enemies. <laughs> More dogs are necessary. The violence in GoldenEye is very tame in comparison. He shoots a semi-automatic weapon into a group of people and they just sort of jump into different directions and go, Aye! <laughs> <laughs> Whereas Keanu Reeves throws 12 knives into one person? Yep. <laughs> Another parallel between the two movies is that in both John Wick and GoldenEye, the bad guys could have killed them, I think, probably in GoldenEye. There was maybe six times where the bad guy could have just ended James Bond. But it's like, Instead I'm going to give you, my monologue. Instead or, of killing you, we're going to put you in a helicopter. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah. Like, so, the helicopter with the ejector seat. That one, okay, go back and forth. Because, obviously, they should have just killed him. But I think they're trying to frame him for the conspiracy. Even if he does survive... He's red-handed with this helicopter. The one thing that I really, I, no matter how many times I come back to it, that just I can't justify, for people at home listening, the master plan of Alec Trevelyan is to use an EMP to erase all the transactions that he made from the bank. Essentially, he's going to digitally rob every bank in London at the same time, get billions of dollars, and then all of the information will be gone. Yeah, so there's no proof as to where the money was sent, 
and then he'll be rich. To pull it off though, he needs a satellite dish that's the size of a small city hidden under a lake. There's no way he's making more money out of this deal than it cost him to make that satellite dish, right? Yeah, and they also make a comment about how like, oh, we've had this area under watch for the past 20 years. If he's been here, we've seen it. They were building the satellite while they were being watched by the entire U.S. government. Which means that they built it underwater. Underwater, yeah. <laughs> like and that, very sneakily, that, too. That like has no to be pricey. <laughs> I understand where Alec Trevelyan would leave James Bond to die with a timer or whatever, because yeah. that's how James Bond hurt him, and we've seen before that Alec Trevelyan is only fueled by vengeance. But there are characters like General Uramov, when he runs into the room where James Bond is being interrogated. At this time, James Bond is a domestic terrorist of Russia. He is the National Defense Guard, and they employ martial law. If General Uramov had just come in and shot James Bond in the face, I'm pretty sure he would have maybe at the worst got a slap on the wrist. But he decides to just not do it, and instead shoot the other general first, and then try and shoot James Bond? very strange. It makes no, no he, sense to me. He doesn't even try and shoot James Bond. He throws James Bond the gun. <laughs> it's weird. Like, <laughs> there's just so many instances. And I know that if we want to play into Alex Trevelyan just wants this big show for James Bond, but there's so many times where they're like, we're going to give you five minutes to escape. It's, it's just Three consistent. minutes, actually, John. <laughs> the same six minutes he gave him at the start of the movie. What does that mean? It means we have three minutes. <laughs> Which, James Bond uses his watch to escape, and that watch plays a significant role in the video game because that's your health yeah. and shields bar. Tim bought me that watch for Christmas once, and it was the favorite watch I ever owned. Wow. Did it come with a blue and orange bar and everything? It did. Did it come with a laser? And I got so many compliments. You just, the people you least expect. My this. mom. <laughs> <laughs> I was playing basketball, and when I was doing a slam dunk, right. it fell onto the net, and the, the watch broke. We didn't talk about Natalia. Yeah, she's really good. I don't know of many other movies. So Natalia, just again, Natalia's the main female character of the love interest. Yeah. Sorry, oh. Speaking of love interest, oh, James, James Bond's auditor. You're incorrigible. She hates him and his driving. But then he pulls out a bottle of champagne and she's like, oh, well, whatever. But the funny thing is they're having this conversation while James is actively racing another woman on the yeah, road. flirting with her. Mm-hmm. She just got jealous. Yeah. Poor auditor lady. <laughs> they wrecked that Ferrari. They did. No, like, they borrowed it from the Ferrari Museum, and they had to spend $80,000 fixing it. Wow. Hmm. That's where all their soundtrack buttons. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Sorry, but now you only get these beats. The girl who played Natalia, she would later be in Reign of Fire with a bunch of dragons, but I don't know what else she did. She's good. Like I said, I think everybody here really delivers on their character. Some of them are wacky and, and over the top, but they all are giving it their all, and I'm here for it. Yeah, I appreciate Natalia, and it kind of makes me wish that more Bond characters would carry over between movies. 
you know, outside of the people in the agency, like Money Penny and M and Q. Valentine would carry through from this movie. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I was OG with that actor when Harry Potter came out, and he was Hagrid. I was like, I knew Hagrid before he was Hagrid. Hagrid and I were friends. <laughs> I played as him in an N sixty four game. <laughs> <laughs> I just wish that sometimes the female leads would last in movies. Yeah, I would have liked to watch her come back again. You get into later Pierce Brosnan movies. What was it? The world is not enough. They introduced Halle Berry as Jinx with the intention of giving her her own movie. Gross. Don't make me watch that. But I would have liked to see her come back in another Bond movie. But if you wanted to give some of these characters a movie where they're hackers... Boris. I would watch that. There's enough interesting personalities, for sure. Bond Girls the movie. That would be fun. Bring back everybody. Auditor Lady the movie. (laughs) Can we just talk about how unique the 007 franchise is? There are like 20-some movies in, and they've had different people play the protagonist and there's also like not that many ongoing characters that are the same i don't know i just don't feel really that connected or invested in characters and it's just odd it's more of a genre than it is an actual continuing story and Hmm. i guess with the daniel craig james bond's movies they were trying to tell a little bit of a continuous story with him but overall i think it's weird you're taking a character who's so stoic and has little personality and you're throwing him into all these different scenarios with no returning cast. Yeah. Spoiler alert, this was the last Daniel Craig movie. So who's going to be Bond next? And what chances will people be okay with them taking, right? I've wanted Idris Elba as the next Bond forever. But does the Bond fan base, would they accept a different ethnicity? Lots of people have talked about a a Jane Bond. Would the fan base identify with a woman? It's not even whether or not it would make for a good movie. At this point, they need to protect their property and figure out what's going to make money. And I'm not the target demographic. If they make another Bond movie, I'm not going to watch it. I'm on the end of the spectrum where I'm hoping that they take chances but they're not making a movie for me because I'm not buying their tickets. So it will be very interesting to see what comes of all of this. Let's go to closing comments. Kylan. Lego cookie. (laughs) Lego Lego cookie. So it's a cookie made out of Lego bricks? a cookie with Lego bricks baked into it, like a chocolate yeah, chip. Yeah, no, there's a Lego piece that is a cookie. It's a little circle, and it's got a little chocolate oh. chips on it. So this is a choking hazard. <laughs> yeah. It's not edible. <laughs> Do not eat this movie. <laughs> That's your review for this movie? One star. Not, not edible. edible. <laughs> Do not eat. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> Will not eat again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> John, over to you. I don't think this tainted my experience of GoldenEye at all. Rewatching it, it was just as great as I remembered. 
I mean, maybe there was a couple of things where I'm able to go like, oh, that's a little bit silly, but new rich things that came around this watch. And yeah, I'm still a huge fan. Nostalgia, not feeling bullied. Well, that is... Do we end the podcast now? <laughs> that, Nostalgia's like... not being bullied? This movie sucks. It's so bad. <laughs> not only did you say that your nostalgia was not bullied... Earlier, you said you'd watch this movie again. Just across the board, this is a different version of John that we're getting today. This is bathroom John right here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness, the toilet paper in here is so soft. (laughs) This is where shaddy John comes back. Gross. Gross. (laughs) No shaddy John. Chance. I know we've joked a lot about my scale of ranking. 1 to 11, yes. Yep, kind of. But... Just want to reiterate, got minus five to plus five. That being, if a movie is a zero, it is a bad movie. If a movie is a negative five, it is a movie that is so terrible it's fun to watch. And if a movie is a five, it's just a good movie. In my personal ranking, I'd probably have to give this movie a four because it is a quite good movie, but fives are reserved for my personal favorites like Spider-Verse or Bullet Train. Bullet Train is a five. Yeah, I really like Bullet Train, actually. It's tons of fun. Characters are good. It's good action. Yeah, uh, as for my stuff, when we watched Quest for Camelot, I intentionally rented that movie instead of buying it because I didn't want to give myself an excuse to watch it again. (laughs) I think it is good, but I hate the chicken. (laughs) Understandable. This one was a little different. I tried to buy it. We talked about watching it for a few weeks, but I could not find it for less than 20 bucks. And I just couldn't justify that. So I only rented it, which means I probably won't watch it again for a while. But certainly, I like this movie. I was crying laughing when we were playing the game together. It was lots of stupid stuff. John, you should be here. Yes, I'm looking forward to playing with you guys. Kai did unlock two really helpful cheats. Yep. One of them is hold two knives. <laughs> that you cannot throw. Yeah, this isn't John Wick. And then the other one was all enemies have rocket launchers. So <laughs> pair those together. You've got a really good experience. Yeah, I enjoyed myself. I will definitely watch this movie again in the future. How I do that, well, I don't own it, so we'll see. Well, when would you, you know, say... I do hold on to a lot of things. You have and, the VHS uh, of this? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I don't think we owned the VHS for GoldenEye. I think we actually had it recorded from TV. Okay, that sounds probable. Maybe I can dig up the old VHS? All right, John. You've been talking a lot. You're alone in the bathroom. Do you want to derail this podcast before I shut it off? No, I think I've contributed quite well. Okay, well, you, strikes again. you never well, okay, cease okay, fine, to amaze fine, fine. me. I can talk about Lamb of Our Time for. <laughs> I feel like we've done the movie an extra disservice by not mentioning the lady who won a contest that guaranteed that she'd get a cameo in the next James Bond movie. And so when you are watching the casino scene, Behind Zinya on the top is a woman in a gold and black dress, and that is the woman who won the contest. Does she do anything? I read this fact after watching the movie, so I don't actually, I don't even remember the one. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't paying attention either. Okay, 
Well, I'm going to wrap us up. Thanks for spending some time with us today, John, even at a distance. And thank you to the boys for watching this movie with me. And thank you to whoever's listening. This goes out to you, Mom. (laughs) Have a great day. Look out for weirdos, and I'm sure we'll be back again. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.